Welcome to the World Changing Podcast. Was that too much? Yeah, that was probably too much. But let's keep it. We'll keep it anyway. How about this? If we do the podcast and the world doesn't change, then we can take that out. Welcome to the World Changing Podcast, where we deconstruct the projects and products that are moving us towards a decentralized and carbon-free future. We'll talk to the skeptics, supporters, and innovators in the fields that depend on electricity to run their industries, which is changing every single day. I'm your host, Greg Robinson, co-founder of Aston Labs, a decentralized infrastructure company. And on the other side of the camera here, we have Flo Lumsden, our producer, and she will make sure that the train stays on the tracks while we do this. I think, okay, so season two, season two. Welcome to season two of the World Changing Podcast. (laughs) Are we going to do that again? Yes. Okay. <laughs> no, maybe not. No, we're not going to do that again. I just wanted to do mal- it since you got to. Very mal- yeah, that's right. I got to do it on the first season. <laughs> and I just had two cups of coffee. So um, so this season, we're going to talk about major challenges and some solutions. Last season, we sort of set the scene for just a lot of topics. You recently wrote a blog with someone on the team about five challenges to modernizing the power grid. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, so like the themes that we've talked about in this blog are reliability, geography, NIMBY, incentives, and finance slash risk. Yeah, I kind of think of it as like the who, where, when, why, how of challenges. Last season, we spent most of our time talking amongst ourselves or talking to other people about these big concepts, right? And these key challenges to modernizing the grid and greening the grid just came up over and over, mm-hmm. right? Like we, when we talked to Gary Ratcliffe or we talked to James Delbora or we talked to, uh, what was, we t- you and I talked about community solar mm-hmm. and the big one for sure was when we talked nuclear with Alan Hoffman, it was like the NIMBY piece and all that was a big, was a big part of it. So this season, we're now going to focus on those challenges that came up. So I thought it'd be helpful to set up this season with a, a brief description of each of these challenges yep. as a reference for folks if they want to come back and listen to this um, or if they haven't read the blog. Yep. Or just go read the blog too. <laughs> or and do both come back and re- yeah <laughs> we'll come back for the longer version of this um yes so going down the list this is like a core premise of just the physics of how electricity works the dream of having everything run on 100 percent renewable energy uh one of the biggest things that people push back on is reliability right it's always been a favorite talking point of the fossil fuel industry <laughs> is the reliability, the fact that the sun goes down, the fact that the wind sometimes doesn't blow. So the core tenant with reliability is that generation or when we make power, it always has to match when we can when we consume power. It has to. Right. So challenge number one is re- reliability. Okay. Challenge that makes number, sense. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's challenge number one. 
the cha- the first one of our five. <laughs> yes, that uh, is one of the big challenges. As always, equal each other. Uh, number two, in no particular order, is geography. Where the power is made for renewable energy, where it's sunny, where it's windy, is not necessarily where it needs to be used. Mm-hmm. So we have to ship it somewhere. And shipping power is hard. It takes transmission lines, wires. Number three, nimbyism. Not in my backyard. This is also a favorite. I never really understood how fossil fuels didn't have this issue too. Right. Nobody really wants a gas plant in their backyard. No. Uh, I recently learned that a common theme in cities is that the east side of the city is a lower income part. And that's because typically the wind blows from west to east. So whatever pollution is being spewed out in the area will be flowing from west to east. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) So not in my backyard, definitely the nuclear is where that's going to come up the most. But you would think it would only be something like nuclear, but it's not. Like people, some people don't want, actually where I grew up, there's a, there's a wind farm development that mm-hmm. got shut down because people didn't want to look at it off in the lake. And so it was going to be on an island. Uh, right. And then, so you, so yeah, wind, nuclear, even solar panels really, like you have homeowners associations that don't want the solar panels on the roof because they think that it'll be an eyesore. Mm-hmm. So all of that. It's like even some of the people who love clean energy and the you know the most will be like, nah, maybe not right here. Mm-hmm. Let's move it down the street a little ways. Number four, incentivization. Yes. You and I talked about this at length when we were talking about power utilities and just like what what is the incentive for a power utility to innovate? If it jeopardizes our lights staying on, there's no way they're going to do it. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's basically a, a legally allowed monopoly because it's still a business. Mm. Right. Yeah. In a lot of cases, it's investor owned utilities for sure. Uh, And then number five. So we could go deep into this incentivization, by the way. So going back to incentivization. I want to, I want to add one other example from, from our conversation with Mark our first full episode coming after this intro Mm -hmm. with Mark Jacobson. He talked about if he could change one thing in terms of removing red tape or changing the way things work to green the power grid, he would change the incentives so that we're not incentivizing the development of carbon capture through uh, the inflation reduction act. So he, he definitely mentioned incentives. So, yeah, that's a good point. So there's like the incentive to change, but there's also what are you incentivizing going forward? Mm-hmm. Which in, in that case, the, obviously the Inflation Reduction Act incentivizes a lot of people to do a lot of things mm-hmm. and direct air capture. Maybe Something we list. talk a lot about in the first episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then my favorite one, challenge number five, financing. Is it really your favorite? It's my favorite. Well, it's my favorite because I think it's, it's at the end of the day, all of these esoteric things that we do to try to get clean energy 
all these clean energy programs, incentives programs, community solar programs, uh, virtual power purchase agreements, corporate purchasing of renewables, all of those things are to help underwrite the financing. It's just mm -hmm. to make it bankable. Right. And everything. If there was a big pile of money to just build stuff with, you wouldn't even have to you wouldn't even have to think about this part, but all the hoops you have to jump through, the interconnection studies, the interconnection agreements, the power purchase agreements, everything is just de-risking and it's de-risking the financing. And I think a lot of what we're, a lot of what folks are dealing with in terms of raising the money to build renewable power plants or install windmills offshore or create new transmission lines to connect generation to load um it's all very like theoretically very bankable but a lot of the issue i perceive is just a lack of momentum or just historical foundation to prove that it's bankable even if there aren't as many existing frameworks to make these new investments easy to fund right like mortgages like, right that's a pretty well-worn path right you can now you can't go online and just click a button and get yourself a, a an oil and gas property. has been making money for the banks for a long time so they're very comfortable with that even right. though it might be more expensive and risky they're they're just used to those risks and those expenses right. that's all that's right yeah yeah it's like that word bankability is it's like the craziest moving target in this industry because depending on where you go bankable means something completely different like you could have something that's not bankable because it's in the path of tornado alley you can right. have something that's not bankable because you can have a project that's not bankable because just the credit worthiness of the person buying it and it's like well that person that's buying it and can buy enough renewable energy has a big enough balance sheet to underwrite a project depending on them means we have to build typically bigger, more centralized, more cookie cutter projects. And then the bigger that balance sheet is that's underwriting it, the lower the margins have to be, or the lower the profits have to be to the person actually selling it to them because the, the balance sheet or the person who's making it bankable is in control of the profits, which is sort of counter to house development. Like if you're building housing, if you're building, it's a little different now, but if you're building houses or you're building commercial buildings or you're building any of those other types of real estate, uh, to your point about oil and gas, they're just, the banks or the lenders feel more comfortable because they've been doing it for yeah, it's just decades, fear of the unknown. if not centuries. <laughs> right. And change is hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's why it's my favorite is because it's like, yeah. that's really the, the biggest unlock in this is if we can figure out how to overcome that particular challenge in a very simple way that and i think most importantly that like gets the risk correctly priced and what i mean by that is it's yes it's a little bit risky but it's not that risky i actually saw a tweet the other day by sam altman kind of about this which is just like what price should you be willing to borrow money at to build AI infrastructure? 
like data centers. What price should you borrow? It's like, if you knew that this massive, massive, massive demand for data centers was coming mm-hmm. with AI, wouldn't you just take a little more risk? Like, wouldn't you, I don't know if this is, I'm now I'm putting words in his, in his tweet. <laughs> I'm expanding it. I'm expanding mm-hmm. his tweet. But my point is like, wouldn't you pay a higher price? And I think in the energy business for a long time, it's been either it gets built, either it's bankable or it's not, rather mm-hmm. than saying, no, what's the risk and what is the rate on the money? And I think that's going to be our biggest. That's why it's my favorite, again, is because that's where I think there's the most potential potential for innovation. Mm-hmm. I think some of those other ones are tricky, like NIMBYism mm-hmm. as a tricky <laughs> one to innovate against, like yeah invisibility cloak i think that's the only option for those (laughs) well people are used to seeing oil rigs out on the ocean that's what i mean (laughs) it's like why can't we put some windmills are they worse than the oil rigs i think to your point it's like they're not worse they're new they're just different they're just new right it's like but those have been there my whole life and when i showed they're horrible they're so scary looking Right. It's, it's like, like little aliens landed out <laughs> in the ocean. This is only on the West Coast I'm talking about. I don't, I've never seen them on the East Coast. but like, Yeah, that's true. And very expensive places too, right? It's not like... Yeah. Yeah. Where did you like see them? Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mostly. Where, I think that's where I've seen them. Yeah. Well, go. I think that's good. I think that's good for the intro to season two. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the World Changing Podcast. Be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, to hear the latest episodes.